Hello and welcome to the next episode of Lost in Criterion. I'm John Patrick Oatari Dorgan, and with me, as always, is a man who's always making me make him act like a bitch. <laughs> um, I'm I'm uh I'm the Adam Glass, and I'm sorry. I'm just I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry, it's just I I I it's 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 probably a little too early to start, but like the quote on Wikipedia is just. Uh, just so. What is that quote? Uh, there's a quote from uh, Polanski where he's like, remember, the, so the character, uh, Helen, right? He's complaining yes. that the actress who played her, she needs to act like a bitch, but she won't. So she's constantly making me make her act like a bitch every day. And like, he, I guess he was like starting <laughs> beef with her because she wasn't yeah. mean enough. And I'm, and then I watched, I'm watching the movie and I'm like, Polanski, what are you talking about? Why do you think this character's a bitch? Like she's not. I don't I don't know. And it, and it lets you in so deeply into the the disease of his brain that he thinks yeah. that woman in that movie is a bitch because Yep. It, it, it's the sister, right? And it's like what in what she's doing do you read as bad? Well, I mean she she is having an affair with a married man. What, what I mean, man, what I mean though is that but that's more, not what that word him means. Number 1. Right, right, right. Number right, 2 right, like right. It's just a. It's like, what did you, what did you want her to act like that she wasn't acting like? Yeah, I don't know. It's like, I, sorry. It's a, it's a hard, it it's a harsh intro. But I was like, I just like I'm overwhelmed by that quote. I was like, well, here we go. We're gonna start the thing that we did last time because it's like, <laughs> it's very, very, very clear how this person feels about basically all women. It may be beneficial for us to just not explore any of the bonus features or extra information for uh yeah. for Polanski movies anymore. No, we cause because we'll never talk about the this movie. Is, this is definitely going to be a lot of repeat of yeah. all of the uh all of the things he said about the main actress in Knife in the Water. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean so, it's been a while. Yeah. So I mean it's a we're kinda get a refresher, I guess. Pat, before we uh, before we get too far into this, I do want to talk about our Patreon, patreon.com slash lost in criterion. Over there for a dollar a month, you get access to a bonus episode. There's one a month every month except for December. This month. You no, know, yeah. if you listen to last week's episode, we do a holiday special that's also a non-criterion film, but is widely released to everyone instead of just to it's, the it's Patreon. It's our holiday gift to you. To you. But yeah, from our, we have a lot from of fun our over family there. to yours. From our family to Enjoy yours. this not freshly baked apple pie. Mmm. Frozen pie. <laughs> anyway, um, our supporters get to vote on what movie we're going to watch. I put together a list every month, uh, sometimes inspired by the movies we've been watching, sometimes inspired by uh, maybe exploring the catalog of an actor who, or uh, director who recently passed away. Sometimes I take suggestions of lists from our supporters. And when I do that, I offer them the option, if we can work out the timing, of being on that episode. So we have some, some fun guests over there because they're people who uh, are 
only on the episode because they are in love with the movie we're talking about. Right. right? And that's always it is always neat. a really enjoyable yeah. conversation. Yeah. So Because we're not uh, in love with any of the movies we watch. <laughs> not not after if if we were at the beginning and we're not anymore. <laughs> that's been beaten out of us by now. We've watched too many movies now. Anyway, um, like I said, that's all for a dollar a month. You get access to the bonus episode. You get the vote on the bonus episodes. And you get access to the entire back catalog of bonus episodes. There's uh, over 50 over there now. A little above that, $5. We uh, like to thank those people on air. So big thanks to our current $5 supporters, Eric Coronado, Stephen Goldmeyer, and Chris Otto. A bit above that, we do something that I think is pretty dang special, and it's pretty clear given that there are more $10 supporters than $5 supporters that a lot of people agree that it's pretty special. It is. Uh, Pat makes a piece of art based on one of the movies we watched recently. I get that printed up on a postcard, write a little personalized thank you note, and mail that off once a month. So that is our $10 and above supporters. We also like to thank those people on air. So thank you so much to Jason Westhaver, to Michael McGrath, Nina Bolichnack, Patrick Yako and Adam Speakerman. Yes, thank you. If you want to see those postcards before committing to the $10 mark, you can head over to redbubble.com, search for Lost in Criterion. The actual URL, I believe, is redbubble.com slash people slash Lost in Criterion. But I can never remember what it is because it's such a weird thing that it's people. Uh, so that's why, <laughs> that's why I suggest just searching for Lost in Criterion because it's easier. It is, although I will say that like their, their search also kind of sucks. So, like, if you yes. search Lost in Criterion, it will just give you everything with the keyword Criterion in it, basically. But, yeah, over there you can see all of our, uh, well, most of our yeah, postcards. Yeah, 80%, There's, 90%, something like that. It is, it is most of them, one, because I put them up on a bit of a delay, and two, because a couple of Pat's very unique original pieces of art that are super uh, were unique. challenged by their copyright holders. <laughs> challenged by their copyright holders, and Redbubble refused to... Uh, to go to bat for us, even though they are inarguably fair use as far as I'm concerned. No, they, they are 100% uh, are. They, yeah. Redbubble just so has if no you want those, in it, so whatever. If you want those black market postcards, call us. Send us a little back channel message. We'll, uh, uh, we'll have, we'll have people get printed. in touch. Yeah. Anyway. As I said, uh, patreon.com <laughs> slash lost in criterion for support. Redbubble.com, search for Lost in Criterion if you want to see those postcards. Thank you to everyone who is supporting us right now, and thank you for listening. This week, we are back to a Roman Polanski film. Hooray! (sighs) It's been a while since we saw our only other Polanski film so far, uh, which was Knife in the Water back at uh, spine number 215. This is this is four eighty three. That is. I mean, are they gonna? Assume, I assume they're gonna give us and, like every three years. We're just gonna have to watch a Polanski film. Is that how this is gonna work? Uh, it's been over five. First off, has it? Uh, is, but is our next one, episodes. Five, oh my god, it is like five years, isn't it? Yeah, I don't math. Yeah. You know that. I know you don't. That's okay. Uh, it won't be as long before we see another, and you're oh, in for a treat. Hooray. We've got Rosemary's Baby. Rosemary's Baby at Spine What is Rosemary's Baby? Can you explain <laughs> it to me? I've never seen it. I don't really know much about it. Is it like, is it this kind of horror, quote unquote horror? Is it, it like is, legit horror? It is more or less this kind of horror. Uh, it's, it's, the basic plot is that a young woman uh, is, 
unbeknownst to her, impregnated with uh, the devil's child through occult actions. I'm already actions. super not interested. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, actually, no, there's uh, there's one more before we get to Rosemary's Baby. Uh, baby. I completely forgot. We all... <laughs> Sorry, Rosemary's Baby. Rosemary's Baby. Baby. Sorry. Uh, we also have Cul-de-Sac uh, at number 577, which is uh, uh, a movie he made very shortly after this one. Is it? This, um, I assume it's all just a tragic comedy. God damn it. I quit. <laughs> can you get a different? Can you just get a different uh, co-host and I'll just stop doing I this? I can't. I can't. We're not. We're not having a Polanski uh, pinch hitter for you. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> It's bad enough I have to, like, deal with the other weirdos we have to talk about in this podcast. <laughs> uh, but, but Roman Polanski is such a – he's not a delightful weirdo at no, all. He's really it, not. No way. Um, like, oh, listen, God. Ugh, ugh. I don't – we talked about this with Nathan Water, I, I remember particularly, um, because it's impossible not to. Uh, but Roman Polanski, obviously, uh, he raped a 13-year-old girl. Uh, and it's not like he's accused he of. He was pleaded guilty right. to, right? Like is guilty uh, of. Yeah, uh, and then and then fled America uh, in order to not uh, be punished for that. Um, and it's not even our problems with Polanski. Listen, that is a problem. That is a major problem. Let's not get and let's separating. Not, let's not mince words here. There is an argument of of separating a person from this art, but because of the way the Criterion Collection functions, I've got so much bonus material here where Roman Polanski is being interviewed uh, in 1965 when this movie was made, uh, in 2003 when one of the bonus features was made, and he's just he's he's an asshole. Yeah, and he's he a misogynistic is. asshole. Yeah, and like <laughs> I don't. And every quote you read from him about any of his female like leads is always like, "This is a this person hates women, like legitimately just hates women," yeah. um, and then makes movies uh, that are all about essentially how much he hates women. Like when you really sort of boil them down in a lot of ways, I don't know. It's just like this one, like he, I don't know, man. And also, like he just. Mm, there is certainly an argument to be made that this movie, Repulsion, that came out in 1965, um, it's his second feature length after Knife in the Water, mm-hmm. uh, was his first in 1962. And then he moved to England and he made this in 65. Um, <clears throat> it's There's an argument to be made that this one, I think, is a portrayal of, if he meant, if he meant this as a metaphor, as as the way women in everyday life have to deal with violence, uh, I could see it, and it'd be something like Fat Girl or something. Yeah, but here's the thing: is when you consider uh, the 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 creator, it sort of takes gotta, on a different. Got to consider the right? source, right? 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 Um, so there is there are elements of that in that every woman except for uh, Helen. Carol's sister. Carol's our main character, and every and every woman she encounters complains about the men she's and they're dealing with, right? Um, with very few exceptions. Uh, Helen, as I mentioned, and I guess their boss never actually <laughs> her boss at the no her boss the is is, is never actually complains about subsumed men. by her work, but, so it's kind of <laughs> right, right, right. Um, so 
So there is that. There's also, I think, probably a very unfair reading of this movie that would say uh, Carol is just crazy and men are just acting normal and she's projecting all of this violence onto them. Um, but also Colin oversteps a lot of lines. Uh, yeah. The the guy who's who's trying to court her uh, and breaks down her door. <laughs> Because yeah. he just loved her so much. Yeah, I mean, uh, and, and uh, you know, I'm not going to say that this movie doesn't accomplish some good stuff with regards to, as you talked about, that idea of, like, what do women have to, like, yes, he oversteps a lot yeah. of bounds, but, like, we as a society can also recognize that, like, these kind of boundary stepping is a thing that happens to women constantly. Right. In in daily right. light. Like if it, if this <coughs> came from a different director, I would not necessarily have nearly as much of a problem with it as I think I do. I, I would still probably not like it because I just do not like thrillers. I find thrillers to just right. be right. I, right, right. with some very few exceptions like that we have watched that were I thought very actually clever. I find thrillers to just be not interesting. I don't know, like yeah. like with the exception of somebody like maybe um who made Diabolique? Um Oh, uh, uh, Clouseau. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I found some of those a little bit more interesting because they were just so kind of weird. I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I find this kind of thriller where, like, it feels like it's sort of like got this mild edge of cleverness to it to just be kind of annoying. Honestly, yeah, more than anything, some... I, and it's it's and that has nothing to do with Polanski. Like, I just don't yeah. enjoy this kind of movie. I find it, right. it doesn't do anything for me. Right, right, and in in the bonus feature with the with the French uh, from the French television, uh, he talks about how he had originally intended this to be a much more overt horror movie, and he wanted. Uh, when he's actually started filming, he realized that that was not a good idea, um, which is good. Uh, <laughs> he understands that that wasn't a good idea. That's great. Uh, but it's still, there's obviously a lot of, of influence in horror movies from this, like the, uh, the, the mirror reveal. Of the the jump scare with right, the guy in yeah, the mirror, yeah, uh, is is actually used in Friday the Thirteenth. I mean, it's I used in a lot one, of or like, Nightmare. It's on used in a lot of horror movies and uh, a lot of other thriller yeah. movies. That's right, like right, right, that's right, a go to, right? right yeah, that, it's like, a very common it's a very common horror thing, and I think it might it, that might have originated here. Yeah, um, the hands from the walls. Uh, we get that in in a few other movies too, um, and things that are overtly referencing this usually. Uh, obviously, that itself is a horror version of uh, the uh, the uh, Beauty and the Beast movie we watched so right, many years right, ago. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, but I mean, uh, it's a, it is that but, classic case of like, there's no, there's nothing new under the sun, right? Like, I mean, right, like right, right, the mirror right, right. thing is it, even if it originates here, it only it, it only originates its current most modern like <laughs> right like actualization here because like again, there's just nothing. There's, Nobody's inventing new like like I invented a yeah. new way to like for things to be scary. It's like, well, but no, it's it's good though. <laughs> no, that 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 particular not. one is quite it, it works very well in this movie. That is very well yes. done. You as the audience do jump. Like you are 
That's yeah. freaky. Yeah. Also, probably because um, it's so it's way more subtle than you would. A lot of times, you don't get it to be. It's not usually done not, that subtly. So. And we're only really starting into her descent and right, madness right, at that right. point. So, so it works a lot better. Uh, so this movie, the main character of this movie is based off of someone that uh, Polanski and screenwriter Gerard Brock knew. And there we uh, go. And uh, they they based the character on her, and then Polanski says he later found out <laughs> that she had schizophrenia. Um. But in like that French interview when he's talking to our this actress, is what a crazy our main person actress here, like, yeah. yeah, right, right. It's it's this is how this is how a crazy person. You've seen them, you know, you know they have this. They just do the mannerisms, you know, and and such. Uh, so it's like you know he's not, and it's it's nineteen sixty five. I I don't need Polanski to be able to talk perfectly about, uh, uh you know. <laughs> how you should talk about mental illness right Right. but but also if you <laughs> there is in the elements of this that are a sort of reverse psycho uh this woman isn't necessarily meant to have our sympathy right and i don't think from the screenplay this woman is supposed to have our sympathy no <laughs> um, no, and and right? that's actually a problem I and have she... with it in general, though, is that, like, I don't know. Like, it, this movie gives you, honestly speaking, when I think about this movie in sort of a sum total, I run into this problem where it's, like, it's kind of an exciting and interesting movie to watch, I guess. Again, it's not really in my wheelhouse, but, like, it also gives you nobody to hold on to. There's no, right. like, are we supposed to be sympathy for the weirdo who breaks down her door? Are we supposed yeah. to be sympathy for the dude who tries to rape her? Like, I don't know. Like, it it is, it is fascinating in the sense it is essentially. So you, she's it. You, she's all you've got. Right. And and you don't feel and like we as an audience can sympathize with her because we can go like, well, right. This is clearly a person suffering from fairly serious mental illness that like, right. So right. like all of her friends and like everybody who ever knew her has apparently failed her. Yes. Like no one like it's not not obvious. Like yeah, everybody's just chosen to ignore what is what is obviously like she needs help, but I don't know. It's just you're right. I think we're not like the movie is not trying to make us feel sympathy for her. I don't know. Yeah, and that's and that's that's part of and I just part of it is I'm just not sure. And like I don't need Polanski to uh, psychologize her, <laughs> for lack of a better term. Although I, I think he is trying to do that anyway. I think I think he's bad at it, and there he doesn't. Are... He doesn't. He is taking it in the direction we wouldn't take it. But I think he is. Basically, if nothing else, on those interviews where he's like, "This is how right. a crazy person." He knows he's writing a cr- a person who is, you know, has a mental illness. Whether he right. pretends right, he right, isn't, right. It, whether he pretends he doesn't or not, he knows he is. Yeah, yeah, uh, but he doesn't want to boil down what's wrong with her necessarily. But he's also basing this on a woman he thought was crazy and weird, but didn't know what her actual issues were. Right, which really fucking came out. messes with my head. Right. I really don't like that. Yeah. Makes me really I don't uncomfortable. Like, yeah, don't like that at all. 
Um, you know, and we get the little hints that this is some sort of PTSD from an event in her childhood and that we have that picture we keep seeing where she's glaring at an older man sitting next to her. Uh, and that we can fill in a lot of gaps based on that that are not textual, but they are subtextual just from that image. And that certainly makes me want to feel more sympathy for this character. Mm. Uh, she, <laughs> the fact that her two victims are one, a man who is actively attacking her and two, a man who is more, uh, more socially acceptably actively attacking, attacking her. her. Yeah. 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 Can we talk about, uh, sorry, not to like derail <laughs> you really quick. Sorry. Just keep it. I want to go back to something in a second. Just keep going. Sorry. <laughs> Well, I'll, all I mean to say is that uh, given given the atmosphere this movie comes out in, in 1965, given that it is this man in particular, but a man making this movie, period. Right. Uh, I, I don't feel like in the original production that we were supposed to sympathize with... Uh, with the main character. No, I and agree. In yeah, fact, yeah. the poster art for the original release of this had the tagline, the nightmare world of a virgin's dreams become the screen shocking reality. Yes. Yeah. That's a whole thing. in this. <laughs> oh God. Okay. So, all right. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. <laughs> I, it is a, it is. And, and even, even a lot of the descriptions you read on like, even now for this movie, because they all have been just kind of recycling the same description. You know, people read the description, the old description, and then they re rewrite right, it for right, your right, streaming right. service and stuff. They're all kind of like that, and it's like it. What it? Okay, I, I'm gonna. I do want to loop back to the thing I wanted to loop back to, but like, okay, I. But but I want to keep going with this because this is a thing that I kept thinking about while I was watching this. It's like. There is a world where, and this is probably the world we live in, mind you, where Polanski meets this woman that he thinks is weird. And part of the reason he like identifies her as weird is she doesn't like men. And he right. in his head and maybe his co-screenwriter in their head say, well, like do this a whole bunch of weird like trigonometry that's probably very normal for the time period for men like them. To be like, well, right. she's obviously a virgin she's scared of like she's she hates men because she doesn't like you know what i mean like there's this like weird mental math they do where it's like oh she just needs to get fucked well we got it we got it two weeks ago we got it with with two or three things i know about oh her, yeah yeah yeah, where, yeah 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 where it's oh you're just scared of sex yeah, as as like, though being scared of like, and what they're doing is they're doing this thing where it's like, and and we know it because we it happens to this day. It's just it's a little bit different now in, in some ways, but it's like that idea that like, not liking men makes you just like you see it with like online feminists all the time, right? Where there's like, yeah, even now the sort of like the things that are directed at them is this implication that like, they're just ugly or like unlikable so they hate men because those because men don't want to fight it's like you know what i mean they do this weird mental math yeah, stuff yeah. where it's like they both like it's i don't know man and it's like it feels like of all the directors we know polanski is the most likely 
that that is what this is. He does. They, he, he gives off that energy, certainly. Yeah, he <laughs> just does. And then, like, that. he makes this movie based on this person he met who clearly probably rejected right. his image. Who his, also he his... doesn't actually understand, right? No, no, no. Yeah, not at all. Uh, and really, really, if his... If the if the reaction is exploring, you know, why me Roman Polanski thinks a woman might not lo- want to have sex, <laughs> right, which I think is what we're doing, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, that leads to a lot of problems. Then I don't know, asking a woman why she <laughs> doesn't want, and actually listening to her. Um, well, right. and, then, and then you take uh, it the, the step or further, asking, and then asking she's that a, particular woman, right? Why, right? Yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah. uh, honestly, that particular woman probably doesn't want to talk to Polanski because that's understandable. <laughs> right. Like, right, I'm right. going to guess that his interactions with this woman were not positive. Absolutely. Uh, and uh, and, it, and it most likely not positive because of things that Polanski did or said. Um, yeah. Just based on the way he interacts with people in the documentaries. he just He's just an asshole yeah. in the documentaries, too. But, like, uh, the... I don't know. It's just... Yeah, I don't know. It's just like why you get in. I if you take this movie even like one level deep, you start getting into this quagmire of like, God, like, the, what are we supposed to do yeah. with this? Like, because yeah. it, it has no perspective. It has a perspective of what he thinks is it happening in the head of this woman that he made up. That's based on right. somebody he met that he probably never got to know in any meaningful way. Right, and then and then the entire second half of the movie is just that woman going through trauma and trauma, and some of it, uh, you know, mental trauma that she's just been triggered into re-experiencing, and some of it actual trauma happening anew. Right. Uh, but it's just an hour. Yeah, and I think it's pretty easy to understand why I don't like movies like this. I don't want to watch a person be traumatized. That's like not a thing that I, but the thing about it is, is that like, of course, I mean, it sounds mean, but like, of course, in my head, I was, while I was watching it, it's like, I started like, and of course, the ultimate result, of course it is a thriller, but the ultimate result is like, well, that she's a, her craziness extends to her being a murderer. Like, you know what I mean? Like in his mind, like, you know, cause he, he talks about her being crazy. There's all these things and it's like, of course, the net result is that she, all, all women who hate men and are virgins, are potential psycho murderers. Basically, like it, it right, has this right, very, right. it has this like you can doesn't take very a lot of work to roll it a little bit further out, and like just create this uni- like mental universe where it's like oh like women who are afraid of sex are just murderers waiting to happen basically it's right. very ooh. or or anyone with mental illness or it's just a murderer waiting to happen too absolutely right? and that's always the problem with movies that feature mental illness as the sort of like crux of like you know a thr- you know of a like of a of a right. like this kind of thriller it's like that's that's the go to that's what every like writer like oh Normal people don't murder people. Right. People with mental illnesses Except murder people. With, with with one exception, the movie Clean Shaven, which is about how people with schizophrenia are assumed to be violent uh, and the loneliness that that causes their life, right? 
Uh, I forgive you for not remembering that one. I do not remember that one. I you like brought it up. I was like, it is clearly Adam thinks I know this movie, and I'm like, I don't remember this movie. I don't remember what spine it is. Now that we watched it a few years ago, but it's it's uh, it's from the '90s and is about a man uh, who believes he has a radio in his under his fingernail and rips out his fingernails at one point. Oh right, um, right, right, and is basically just trying to live a life where he gets contact with his daughter. Right. Uh, right, right. And, uh, yeah. And on the flip side, uh, a, uh, child murderer is, or a body is discovered of a child. Right. And, yeah. And eventually it is sort of pinned on him, even though we know that <laughs> it never happened, but it is a movie that, that, does very good at getting into the headspace of its main character, who is not only schizophrenic, but is textually schizophrenic, as opposed to, to here, that tries to get inside the head of a main character who is crazy, uh, in broad quotes. Right. Well, and, because this is a, that's a movie that is interested in right. that, that person and as a person. That's a movie... That's a movie that is interested in that person as a person and us having sympathy for that right. person. Whereas this is not a movie Period. where we are not this movie is not interested in discussing you know what I mean? Like it's not interested in right. evaluating people as people really, but Yeah. Because another another thing that having her coworkers and her clients also complain about men does is it normalizes what's happening to her as something that is well, other women, these other women have murdered, murdered anyone. People, right. yeah, exactly. It's right. to make right. her seem worse, right? Like to make yeah what she choose, what she does be like yeah. even more I really upsetting, think it, right? I really think it may be, um, and that's you know that's a problem. And I don't, I don't want to be projecting negative feelings about Roman Polanski into this reading, uh, but. I can project negative feelings about the mid sixties. Yeah, well, exactly. <laughs> and, 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 and again, right, like I right. said, like I, I, I'm ninety nine percent based just on personal experiences with this kind of film. I right. would not like, no matter who made this movie, I would not like this movie. Right, and I don't, I don't think there is any. It is not an unfair reading of this film that the people who made this film think that. Colin's death was a tragic mistake and that he did nothing wrong. Yes, I... I at the yeah. very least. Uh, yeah. The landlord did things wrong. Yes. And the movie's not trying to tell us that the landlord is good. Like, let's... Like the movie. Well... Uh, is it? There is that... There is that part in the interview with Polanski where he's talking about that scene. Uh, and... Uh, Oh and right! He's like, oh, weird. she's trying to help it. He's trying to help her. And like, yeah, yeah, that's right. She gave that's right. she gave him the money. He has no quarrel with her. He wants to be nice to her. That's why he gets the glass of water. But then he says an unkind thing, and that's all in the context of Polanski talking about what he wants from an actor. And it's the the idea that uh, acting is you 
you do a kind thing while saying an unkind thing, or you do an unkind thing while saying a kind thing, and you get that dichotomy of emotion is what he's talking about there. I, right? It makes me uh, have interesting but, ideas about the way that Plancy maybe sees the yeah. world around him as well. <laughs> right, but. right. So within within the context of what he's saying about the nature of how he relates to his actors, it is maybe an interesting thing, but also the way he is actually describing what is happening yeah, going right, in right, that right. scene is not great. Uh, yeah, I had forgotten about least. that. I had forgotten. I remember when I saw it in the documentary, I, I processed it and then sort of had to like disregard it in the sense it's like, oh, there's too much to, yeah. to think about here. But yeah, you're right. Like I remember when I was watching it being like, that's a weird thing to say about what happened there. Like, <laughs> right, right, right. That's right, not, right. I mean, like legitimately, like he... <laughs> There is a world where he thinks that attempted right. rape is like no no MBD. Now, <laughs> like, now there are there are plenty of people who read the attack from the landlord uh, that I have you know in reading commentary this week. There are plenty of people who have read that scene as another hallucination, but there is there is uh, grammar in that scene that is different to the grammar of her hallucination rape scenes well i mean well i mean uh, if nothing else all of her rape scenes there's nothing else the dead giveaway is the sound if nothing else the sound design right right the sound completely so, cuts it's out such a dead giveaway about yeah. and and the way right. the sound works even in the other hallucinations that aren't rape like like fear like hallucinations are like yeah the sound design changes dramatically when like the cracks form and stuff like that Right, right. It, it's right. really obvious when the movie makes it pretty obvious when you are or are not in a hallucination. Right. I will say the first mur the first one where the uh Colin caught me so off yes. guard. I mean, I knew she was gonna do something eventually, but like the way it happened so suddenly that for just a brief second I was like, Is she hallucinating? I was like, No, she's not. This is real. This is happening. Right. Right. Because right. that one's so sudden. The the landlord is such a slow build. None of her hallucinations are slow builds like that either. Like they're just, they're not. Right. They happen very, very uh, suddenly. So, yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah, I did. There was there was nothing in that scene that made me think it's, it was hallucination. I really don't think it right. is. It, it, yeah, I I never read that. Um, one. Like I said, I read Collins right. briefly. I never read um, the right. landlord's. Line we get, one. we still, you know, we get the ticking clock as the main thing. But in the other rape hallucinations, the ticking clock was the only right. thing. And here we still get the sound of the razor blade through his flesh, of his grunting, of his attack. Uh, so, you know, it is not it is not to me meant to I be a hallucination. Yeah, I really don't think it is. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, <clears throat> so, yeah, which, which leads us back to Polanski describing that scene uh, in, in a very weird way tit for tat flirtation way yeah uh yeah um and and and, and it's not that hard to draw a parallel like if, if you if one assumes based on what every you know sort of the the sort of baseline assumptions that we've made that like no one no one in the movie making process of this was ever under the impression that column was bad Right. It's not that hard to take that like the, to take that mental space one step further. Well, the landlord's not really doing anything wrong. Right. Like right, right. he's just propositioning her. 
Yeah. Now, <laughs> and now then of course, trying to get a trying to get a kiss or something like that's that's normal male female relationships. Yeah. Now, of course, Colin has the extra bonus of of being contrasted to his own friends, and he is he is more virtuous than <laughs> right. they are. Right? They, they, those those abject <laughs> monsters. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, but but even at the even at the baseline. This is a woman who has clearly shown no interest to, in him, who he still shows up to and and eats lunch with her every day because he knows where she eats lunch. Right. It's right? it's really yeah, like I it's not, uh, I will it's say not again, I don't think it's supposed to work this way, but the movie like again, I really don't know how the movie I the movie it's really hard to judge what the movie wants you to think about things. Right, right, right. But like when I when we were walking around as her, like with her I spent the entire time going like I hope they all just leave us alone. <laughs> like I just hope we don't. Yes. I just want to be yes. left alone. Please just do it. Yeah. weirdo who shows up, a weirdo who cat calls us. Like let's let's not today, could we please? Yeah, yeah. Just just back up a little. Yeah. Um. What is in her purse? The day she's sent home from work early. Apparently the rabbit's head. I thought it was a human heart at Me first. Me too. Uh, I I and read then, a synopsis that describes it as a ra- the rabbit's head. It's a very poorly time, shot, so it's very hard to like yeah. identify. The next time we see uh, the rabbit, it does appear to be missing its head. So I assumed it was meant to be the rabbit's head, but it looks like a human heart. Yeah, um, and I, things that are and I was really thrown by that scene because obviously the other. The other her coworker who sees it is not having a hallucination right, at that right. time that we are also privy to somehow. So yeah, but yeah, anyway. I uh, I I'm <laughs> fascinated by a lot of things about that because I've never seen a rabbit. Yeah, the rabbit looks a lot never... like a dog. <laughs> a, a skinned rabbit does. I was like, look why? Like, I mean, I knew it was a rabbit because we they talk about rabbits, but right. I was like, in my right, head, I was right. like, who? Put, why are they cooking a very tiny like Doberman? Like what's yeah. happening here? Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, just, I don't rabbits, like the look of a rabbit. Rabbits. Of a skin rabbit makes me want to throw up a little bit. Yeah, it's it's really it's the lack of fur. Rabbits just have a lot of fur. Yeah, well, it's it's true uh, for dogs though too. Like, th- there's a reason why right. I, I specifically like it looks like a certain kind of dog because like if you've ever seen your. Uh, uh, like your own family dog after it's been like shaved right. for some reason. It's like, what is this monster? And why is it in my house? Right. What right, is this right. creepy, like nightmare creature? That's all, it's all skin and bones and nothing else. Yeah. Um, I appreciate that the neighbor woman, when Colin arrives at the, at the place sticks around, says Carol's name to try and make sure she's okay. Right. Uh, until Colin closes the door and, Carol immediately hits him over the head with a candlestick, uh, which you know, that's Carol's acting in self defense at that point. Whatever else might be going on yeah, in well, in and her that's head, a, I mean that's she is yeah. she is both of her murders are self self-defense. self-defense. Yeah, absolutely. That's yeah. a whole. I mean, that's an extra level of processing that's clearly not intended in the movie, but all most yeah, modern right. audiences right. should be able to do, which is like, yeah, she should have hit him over the head, <laughs> like absolutely, <laughs> right, right. right. Yeah, um, I mean, you can argue that that hitting him more times maybe crosses well, a line, but like, uh, you know, you want to make sure he's not going to get up because if you hit him over the head right. once and he gets up, things are worse, <laughs> not better. That's that's fair. That's fair. And every Colin hits all all of the greatest hits 
of excuses for abuse when he's talking to her. Oh, I just can't form the words. You know, I really love you so much. I just, I don't usually act like this. Yeah. I don't know what came over me. Uh, yeah, he's he he's just, scary. He he's said, like when he shows up, it is. Again, yeah. we are probably not supposed to feel this way, given the way that like this movie is written and everything. But like, he's scary. Yeah, like. I'm like, what? like you know, when you're watching this, like this person needs to leave immediately. Why the fuck is this person here? This is bad. And again, we're not supposed to feel that because I don't, I, I really don't think we're supposed to be on her side. Yeah, and that's that's the the really scary part yeah. to me is that I really there's there's enough in this movie where I feel like. I'm reading it wrong to have sympathy. Yeah, and no, I I'm agree. Reading it in a way that was not in not intended. Right, and and that's a big problem. Is like I we both I think felt the same thing. It's like you mentally have yeah. a disconnect with the movie because you're like, I'm watching a different movie than the person who made this movie made. Because yeah. I can't I can't process the world and the it's like. I, I don't know I I don't know another example of when this has happened exactly but like it it's, I'm sure it has before We're, but like to us but like this person whoever they made this movie with a very specific like with intention but we're so dis like disconnected from what that intention would be that we're watching a different movie now I mean I'm yeah. watching a movie about a woman who's being like harassed and defend and like it's driving it's like getting to her and people need she needs help and it's just not what we're watching it's not the movie we're supposed to watch and it's like all the critical praise is about how great it is as a psychological thriller and so i can't tell how the critics are reading that (laughs) that character either like because it's a psychological thriller whether or not we're supposed to right right absolutely i mean i think (laughs) i think the giveaway is in the people who mention it being like a reverse psycho yeah. And yeah. it's like that that that's the dead giveaway. That that phrase tells you that like no, she's the bad guy. And if yeah. you and you meet a woman who is a little weird, she might murder you if you go to her house. It's right, like right, you know what right. I mean? We're trying to generate a reverse sort of scenario where it's like, well, be afraid of be <laughs> afraid of those weird ladies. Well, maybe inadvertent good message then. Uh, yeah, don't, don't stop, yeah, weird stop showing up at people's street. houses. Yeah, <laughs> like you know, maybe leave them alone. But like, if they're not interested yeah. in you, get the fuck away from them. But like, but you know what I mean, right? Like, I think I know. What, I think I kind of from between that those critical comments that were like that, combined with what we hear Polanski say and and just the way the movie reads in a lot of ways, the notion we're supposed to take about it is like we're following the bad guy instead of like. The right. hero, right, and and yeah. so and she's the monster. She, we're it's like, you know, it, we're you know we're 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 but, being creative because we're following the monster around, right? But at the same time, she is she is experiencing attacks, even as she like even outside of whether or not uh, the men she ends up killing are actually attacking her. She is still experiencing horrific visions um right so so you know she's not i mean i just mean to say she is she is portrayed as a victim 
uh, whether or not she's well, meant to be portrayed as being victimized in every instance. Well, what I um, right, but what I'm saying is, is, is really that like if you were going to talk about too, the bad right. guy in any of these psychological thrillers, right. and you were going to follow right, right. them around, you would almost always end up with something in this vein because you can't they can't only be quote unquote crazy when they're committing murder. Right. That you have to like tell a story where you sort of, if you're going to follow your bad guy around. And treat and make the bad guy the main character. You have to you have to talk about what makes them a bad guy. Yeah. The, otherwise, you have a I don't know what you have. You have some weird show where it's just a string of you have a modern NBC TV show, um, <laughs> and like or you know whatever which, whoever makes things like yeah. one of those shows where it's like it's just like murder of the week. You know. Yeah. You, where you you you're you need to have that thrill in every every scene, so you start eliminating all the things that contextualize the person's behavior. I'm not trying to say that he didn't put that in there because you would have to, you just, whether this was a man or a woman, you would have to do that. Otherwise it would just be a hollow story that would have literally no meaning. But my, my point is, is that like we're, we are, we are, as far as this movie is concerned, following the monster in the closet around. Yeah. Because, if you're if you're going full reverse psycho on this, we're following the person who kills people who show up at their house, basically. Like you know, again, never mind the context that surrounds all the reasons why she might or might not do that. That's probably not that right. relevant. I mean, I think we're supposed to maybe like experience a flip in the movie, like as the audience, where we're supposed to sympathize with her until like the second half of the movie. Right. 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 Until she kills Colin. Right. And, and we're least. supposed to be on his right. side and we're supposed to say, yeah. oh, she's dangerous and bad. And that's and that's ultimately what what, what gets me, what, what pulls me back is that I'm not sure what the movie wants me to think about Carol. I am absolutely sure of what the movie wants me to think about Colin. Right. Yes, absolutely. Uh, and, uh, and what the movie wants me to think about Colin colors what the movie wants me to think about Carol. Uh, and doesn't well, color colors it, everything. You know, it colors everything we're supposed to think about right. everybody because, yeah. like, it also colors the landlord and a lot of it, it creates a it yeah. creates a baseline. What we consider like this is still acceptable and normal behavior. So these are the things that diverge from that acceptable and normal. And apparently, stalking a woman and showing up at her house and kicking in her door is baseline yeah. still acceptable behavior because he's just worried about her, quote unquote. Yeah. Um, I tried calling so many times. Like, could that be part of the problem? Yeah. Maybe you should stop doing yeah, that. And... Right. Maybe if you try to call somebody a right. hundred times and they don't answer, you know, maybe they don't want to talk to you. Yeah. Uh, maybe the fact that she's already given you two soft no's uh, means you should just stop I mean, trying to get the with one her. where she jumps out of the fucking car in a traffic seems like a pretty hard no. <laughs> That's a pretty hard no, actually. Like if yeah, you cause what? a woman to almost kill herself to get away from you, maybe <laughs> that's a no. Oh man, what was that Rock Hudson movie we watched? Oh god, what was that? The... I can't remember the name. We're like, of it. yeah. Uh, <laughs> anyway, but yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, oh, there's man. a different there's a level where, like, people jumping out of cars in movies is just an objectively kind of funny thing. But. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, 
there's something that the that her boss says that I feel like uh that I feel like is something Roman Polanski said to an underling and then and then decided it needed to go into a movie. Uh it's uh it's a little backwards too. Uh and that's why it stood out to me is is because it doesn't seem right even coming from a person who all we know about is that she's the boss and she's mean. <laughs> um uh and that's where where she's asked, you know, Carol has disappeared for three days, but she musters up enough strength to go back to work on on day three of being alone in the apartment. And uh, when asked what happened, she makes up the excuse that an aunt came to town. Right. Yeah. Uh, and the boss responds by telling by saying, uh I was back to work two days after giving birth. You can't just disappear whenever a, whenever a, a relative shows right, up. Right. Well, it's, it and, may be the greatest and line one that's in the a very movie. Because... The, a very funny joke that that giving birth is just a, a relative, relative showing coming up. Yes, round. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's very funny, but it also it also sounds more like uh, someone someone told Polanski they couldn't come into work because they were giving birth. And Roman Polanski said, <laughs> My relatives said you town. can't just call off. You can't just call off because a relative's coming. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I could definitely believe uh, that. Yeah, um, I don't, I don't want to put that on Polanski necessarily, but in any case, it sounds like something a mean, clueless boss man would say About in response birth, to yeah. someone giving birth. I agree. Instead of something a female boss, no matter how mean she is. Would use an excuse of her own for why you can't own take off for an aunt. Yeah. Like it, it, it does right. feel reversed, right? Because right. like, right? Like, yes, I, I, yeah, you're right. It, absolutely, yeah. Um, so I, there's a couple of things that I thought were kind of interesting to to bring up. One of them was uh, the in, in the interview in that documentary you watched. They kept referring to three murders. Yeah. I don't know. Do you think there's um, something that like didn't ha- like didn't make the cut or you know it is it is during lot. production. Yeah. It is during production, so I don't know. Um I kind of wonder it doesn't if maybe she like... was originally supposed to kill the lady in the uh in the salon or like stab her or something and then it like oh that ruins the movie. We it doesn't work and they cut it out or something like that. It's kind of where my mind went. Uh, that's the only other violent, like even remotely violent thing she does in the movie. I could see, I could see a, a weird different ending where she actually kills Michael. Yeah, I'd be okay um, with that too. I could be a thing. Michael, so I'd be alright <laughs> with that. I'd be okay. I would be. That's fair. Um, but uh, uh, you know, um, and that's you know what what you open this with one one place where the sister is actually uh, needlessly mean to to her is regarding michael's things being yeah i know but like he put yeah i know i put her tooth. he put his toothbrush in her he put his toothbrush in carol's water glass i know it's it's bad it's bad he's an asshole you can just change that behavior like just just say something and his sister her sister is bending over backwards to keep this guy around but like (laughs) right like roman polanski identifying her as a like i have to make her a bitch every day because she's supposed to be a bitch and she's just not is like seems yeah. like an overreaction. It's a bad reading of that character. Yeah, like seems like maybe you're you're you see things here that aren't there. Right. Uh, right. Like this is this seems more like a bit of a spat between two sisters about a you know a boyfriend. Yeah. Like I feel like this is a normal thing for people to do, which is like oh, 
we're roommates. We have a certain way of things working. You know I don't like men anyway. And then you got this guy around and he right. like is like fucking my shit up. We're going to have a bit of a fight about this. Uh, and you know. and honestly, you know, I don't know. Helen and Carol obviously have a history. They're sisters, right? Yeah. Uh, Helen knows Carol's issues. She may not know the root of those issues necessarily. Uh, maybe she somehow escaped whatever the root of those issues was which is, in her own, yeah, yeah, in her own yeah. life, which which happens. Yeah. Uh, but she's still... I mean, her sister is being insensitive. Helen's, like, don't... don't yeah. like, right. Carol's had to have had fits before, and Helen's right. being insensitive because she is dating a, a, an insensitive man. Uh, right, and, and Helen yeah. doesn't want to surrender her, like, what, like, this thing that she's... Right. Like, it's... It happens though. It's a it's a thing that happens between family. It, like, I don't know. I just feel like even if she, even if, even if Carol would call Helen a bitch for this, I don't feel like I want yeah. Rome Polanski's opinion on this. You know what I mean? Right, I really right, what it's right, coming right. down to. It's like it seems so intense for him to like because the implication yeah. there is that she's just a terrible person. Like, you know what I mean? I don't know. It's it, it. Just like when I read it, I was like, "This is weird. This is not right." What are you right. talking about? But like, um, yeah, I don't know. Just, just th- apparently there was maybe going to be three murders. I don't know, and it just it comes up so many times in that making of, and it's like, right? Well, who was no the idea. third murderer? I, I and the yeah the other extended bonus. Uh, unfortunately, I didn't get to watch all of. I only watched the first couple minutes, and you didn't get to watch any of. And that's uh, a British horror film, which is two thousand three documentary on it that interviews, among other people, Polanski, and he's a jerk in the little bit that can I watched. I, can I? Okay, uh, sorry, keep, keep going. So, I, we so I'm just, I only mention it to say that maybe maybe that comes up, and there is a story about what happened and why there was a third. Um, you know, he obviously talks in the in the French one about making changes to how he had originally wanted right. the movie to go uh because he he realizes it can't be as overt of a horror movie as he originally planned uh, i think it is interesting that you know we get this story from polanski uh or about polanski uh about the woman who plays helen yvonne Fernu, uh but catherine Deneuve, Deneuve, catherine Deneuve, uh, who plays Carol talks him up, loves him to death. They're all great friends, and right. she, <laughs> weirdly enough, weirdly enough, she tells a story about about uh, you know her and and Polanski and the screenwriter uh, all falling in together because they they all speak French. They're all French, and like she leaves out. Uh, Avant Renew is also French. Like, yeah, no, I know. <laughs> I'm like, I, it's very. What it feels like yeah. the the impression I get, and I and I can definitely see this happening. It's like, it's like, it's like <laughs> we've got our little club here, and you're not yeah. invited to it. Like, well, it's like they're it's like they're doing some sort of infor- enforced method acting on Yvonne, and like trying to ostracize her to make it, like the whole group of them. Um, I, yeah, I mean, weird. I yeah, uh, I mean, it could be like I bet if we if we ever had access to the like the full thing i bet it would all be very disturbing and we'd be like what the fuck is yeah. happening here i think i think generally speaking for the time period uh for being a, a horror-ish thriller um it's a pretty good movie the effects were good the scares were good uh 
for what it actually wants to be as an examination of a woman's life, it's a very bad movie. Yeah. Um, uh, sound design is great across the board. As you already mentioned, the the the, the ticking clock is, is a great effect and how everything goes quiet except for that ticking clock when she's having the uh, the overtly violent hallucinations um, and how it's always a bell that brings her back to reality, uh, be it the telephone, be it the, the doorbell, be it the bells of the convent across the street. It is uh, bells bring her back, and that's, you know, that's a, a fine piece of world building yeah um too uh but yeah it's just it just it boils down to i have sympathy for carol that i don't think the movie wants me to yeah, have no i agree and yeah. and a better movie would want me to have it yeah no i agree a hundred percent yeah no i i again when we've watched better movies that that like, because right. this, because again this movie is not interested in tackling the notion of mental illness Right. And people with mental illness as people, and I don't. Carol's I don't not like supposed a to be read movie. as a person, not yeah. really. I don't. I don't like a horror movie where the bad guy is just kills people because they are crazy. Yeah, no, exactly. Right. I, I agree completely. And like, and like, you know, I, I generally, again, I wouldn't necessarily categorize this as horror. I categorize this as a thriller or psychological thriller, right? And like. I don't part of the reason I don't typically care for these kinds of movies is because that is almost always the answer. Yeah. It almost always boils down to crazy people are dangerous. And of, and of course, Psycho, uh, Friday the 13th with Jason, uh, to a, to a certain extent, Halloween, once you get outside of the first two Halloween movies, because in the first two Halloween movies, uh, uh, Michael Myers is just a force. He's not even, he doesn't even have a name. Right. Uh, in the first couple Halloween movies, Michael Myers isn't even named. He's just this force. He's this boogeyman. He is fear itself. Um, but in all their backstories, uh, Psycho is an Oedipal complex. Uh, <laughs> Friday the 13th is just the same Oedipal complex, actually. It's, al- uh, it's almost it's, always it's just Psycho. <laughs> uh, and then... And then uh, Halloween really in its as it extends really does get into Michael Myers is just a broken insane child who grew up in a mental institution and is now escaped and that's that's all that he is um whereas he he works better when he is just a undefinable evil who shows up for for no right, because as soon as you start uh, as soon as you yeah. start doing a little bit your choices either do a lot or do nothing right like you know what i mean right, and the problem right. is, is that most movies choose to choose a try to choose yeah. some middle path where they do now, a little and that's a problem now of course what 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 friday the 13th did as a series was immediately backtrack and just go back to to him being a an evil of of uh you know because in a lot of ways that's defined right like yeah because right it's it's not to like to you know talk about easy or hard in terms of movie making, but yeah. like it's if you're not gonna go whole hog on trying to really explain your bad guy, right? And you're only willing to do some. It's probably just better to just do nothing and have him just right, be some right, enigmatic right. force that like is I would, dangerous. I would, yeah, I would much rather an enigmatic evil than they're bad because they have some sort of mental illness. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Right? Uh, so, 
So yeah. Um, so one of the things I did want to talk about as a part of this because I made the mistake of reading the Wikipedia, and that's always okay, a mistake. Yeah. I did. I read it after the movie was over, but I read it anyway. Okay, good. Um, All right. I always read it after the movie because I don't yeah. like to ruin movies for myself. Like, I want to form good. my own opinions first. But the one that caught me, I'm going to read a, le- a, a sentence to you. Okay. I want you to okay. listen to this sentence and process it with me. When Helen and Michael arrive home, Helen is di- Helen is dismayed at the state of the place. Michael happens on Helen hyperventilating and finds Colin's dead body in the bed. Now, first of all, Michael didn't find jack shit. Helen found something. Right. But never mind. <laughs> right, um, right. Right. That's that's just a grammar problem. But Helen finds yeah. Carol under the bed in a catatonic state. Her neighbors flood in as Michael picks her up and carries her out, smiling. Yeah. End of sentence. We need a, a thing we've talked about before, but I always find very fascinating is the psychology of the Wikipedia synopsis writer. I right. I rewound the scene about six times. He's not smiling. He's which not is smiling. Good. Well, okay. First of all, we have, a, we have a whole, we have a whole comma problem because yeah. we don't know who's smiling. It's either Michael, yeah. or it's it's Carol. But right. Karen, bear in mind, was also not neither smiling. of those people are smiling. Right. Yeah, and Michael kind of opens his mouth after he notices her eyes are open. Yeah, uh, and, but and, and like I, I read it as maybe, maybe thinking about saying something or, but like, right, it, right. it is really fucking weird to me. When I read that, I literally went back into the movie and rewatched the scene right. several times. Yeah. To be like, is there anything that even remotely resembles a smile? The only thing I can assume is that the person who wrote this carried a lot of really specific mental baggage into that scene and like well, somebody yes. smile either might either they they either they're sympathizing with the idea that like michael like with like the sort of a, a reading where like michael is happy to be rid of carol he like knew it all along that she's like a right right or right. they're or they're reading it as Carol's like feels satisfied to have like murdered these people. You know what I mean? Like, there's no universe right. where like somebody. I don't know. Just Wikipedia synopses are amazing because they just always have these extra little bits in them where it's like, yeah, you get so you you could do a whole yeah, separate thing on the person who wrote the article. Basically, every single one of those sentences you read has something it has an error in it, factually wrong. Yeah, it, it's about what happens in the movie. Uh, Helen does not find Carol under the bed. It is someone else comes back in and lifts the bed yeah, <laughs> after all... after Carol's arm flops out. Yeah. Uh, it's all wrong. It's 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 really yeah. and actually the the whole synopsis from top to bottom is just full of weird factual errors. But like, I right. just the, the smiling one. I'm like, what? Did you read the entire synopsis? I did. Is, is is it? Is it from the alternate universe where there's a third murder in this movie? Uh, actually, you know, I was thinking, no, there's not. And that's I, 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 one of the reasons I went back and read the synopsis is I was like, they keep talking yeah. about three murders. Did I miss a murder? I watched I, this If you movie, missed it, I missed it, man. And so I went to the Wikipedia to be like, okay, maybe I missed a murder. And no, yeah. the, there, is no, there, is no, there is no third murder in the, in the, uh, in the Wikipedia. Um I mean, the Wikipedia, like I said, is just absolutely jam-packed with weird factual errors. It's just, it's like the right, person right. didn't watch the movie, but like read like, uh, you know those like, um, those, uh, what are those called? Crib, crib notes? Wait, what is that what they're called? Yeah. 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 Like that you could read of like, like, oh, I'm not going to read the Odyssey. Fuck that. And then right. you read that thing. And like, then somebody synopsized that. It's like, it feels like that for the movie. It's very strange. Um, 
because it's just and then translated into Russian and then back, and back, back again. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. What what was that? There used to be a thing. Remember, there used to be a thing where it would like run it through every single, every single one of the Google Translate things, and then return it back to English. Oh, yeah. I forget what that was called. That's just a fun idea. How fucked up things can get <laughs> after like twenty eight translations or whatever. Right. Um. But no. Yeah. I have no idea what's happening here. But like, just that smiling thing. I like. I read that and I was like, "Does she yeah, smile?" I did not. Does he smile? There is, no, there's no. There smile. is no one in. There is no one in that entire sequence who smiles. And also, <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of other, like I would not read her uh, her expression in the photo as staring blankly. There's yeah. No. There's ang- she's, not, she's angry in that photo. <laughs> she is staring with anger at the old man. Yeah, it's like and, yeah. It's and the movie ends with both his face and her face highlighted. Yeah. Uh, as we zoom back and in, and you're given a face. lot of time to process those faces, like, <laughs> right? It's not like it's especially a flash. considering it's the third time we've seen the yeah. picture. Yeah. So, like, yeah, uh, yeah. So that's that's a mystery too. Yeah, but, it's just, uh, yeah. you know, Wikipedia mystery. No, I know. Too. I just I they, love this one because there are a dime a dozen. I just love uh, this one because yeah. I feel like there's a lot of like there's a lot of weird psychology in like claiming that there's a <laughs> right. smile there. Right. I don't know. Right. I was like, right. what do you right. think's happening in this movie? If any. If anyone smiles, the old man who lives downstairs and found their landlord dead under her couch, he, he, could, he smile. could smile. Well, I I think the 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 okay. We need to talk about two different things that I still I've been still thinking <laughs> okay. about this. But well, we have time. All right, we're, this is a very short of episode. We, we end now. We do have time. Uh, yes. First of all, the most realistic thing in the entire movie is everybody in the entire apartment complex showing up <laughs> at a murder scene. Yes, yes. Which is which is it might be my favorite part in the actual like. In a yeah, movie that, that I don't really just, like very much, they all just let themselves. They all in. just let themselves it's in like, and wander around. Yeah, like it's just like yeah. there's there's like there's blood everywhere. The house looks like it's been like hit by a train, and they're just wandering around. Especially like the old man with the cane, who's just like kind of just strolling around. Like he's my yeah. favorite because just because like he almost doesn't seem that interested. It's just everybody else was here, and he's he, like, well, I might finds, as well show up, too. He's the one who finds the landlord yeah, yeah, and then just, just turns just, off the living room yeah, light just, like, and walks back out. It's so good. I I mean, yeah. who wouldn't just turn off the light and just leave their landlord's body <laughs> yeah. there? But uh, who among us, someone right? can Someone can deal with that yeah, later. <laughs> this is this is neither my problem nor really anyone else's. Um, yes. But, like, I, I just I, – I just love – that's literally the only part – like – which brings me yeah. to, which is connected to the other thing I want to talk about, okay. which is Roman Polanski's insistence in his interview that his goal is to make realism in his films. <laughs> that part, Roman I bring this up because that is the only thing in this film that is, well, there's a few other things that are realistic. The behavior yeah. of nearly every man in this movie is terrifying, yes. but yes. realistic. But like, the most realistic element of the film is the fact that everybody yeah. in the entire yeah. apartment complex just shows up and wanders around. Yes, but one hundred percent. The idea, so, but this like this puts us in a really weird place, right? Because like Roman Polanski is uh, insisting in that interview that his goal is to realistically portray the way that human beings act. Do you yeah. read anything about the way that Carol is portrayed as being realistic? I'm not, I think I'm, I'm not. I yeah. read. Go ahead. I read the way Carol behaves as what it is. As Roman Polanski knew a lady who uh, ultimately proved to have schizophrenia, but he had limited interactions and did not understand her. 
and then wrote a character based on her. A character that's who not is realism. A, who is a who is charitably <laughs> like I mean like we again we have our own reading of it, but like his he would de- he describes her as crazy, and then she's a murderer. Right. Right. Like, I I the reason I bring that up is because and we've had this with other directors. He's not exclusive right, in this right, in this right. problem, but like. You can't at least Polanski is not claiming to be be doing ethnography here. Right, right. Yeah, there's a whole bunch. We have this problem with a lot of directors. Okay, but the idea that you could in like while you're making a movie like this, tell a TV interview that one of your primary goals is to portray humans as they really behave. Right, is just that's some just wild ass shit. Right, like. Yeah, like I, that would be like, so like, like there's the the line between that and like, fucking like George Lucas getting in an interview and be like, well, I just wanted to show what science is really like. <laughs> like, there's no, it's like, it's like, what are you? Ta- you just made up a thing, whole cloth, based on nothing, with no, yeah. with a no with no information, no evidence, no no personal experiences. You just made up a thing. Yeah, like. Think about it. Rowan Polanski is not a woman. Presumably does not have schizophrenia. Although, yeah. who knows? We don't know anything about his psychology, really. But, like, is not, you know what I mean? Like, we don't know, we don't, I don't know much about him, but I know he's none of the things that Carol is, basically. Yeah. He's not any of the things that any of the, well, I mean, most of the characters are in the film. Like, he's not, you know, because it features a lot of people that are right. just not Rowan Polanski, right? But like, right, right, right. my point is, is at best maybe fucking Colin is a stand-in for Roman Polanski. Polanski maybe thinks he wants. To, That's what I mean. It's like the, the, the person the director know. thinks is yeah. their stand-in is their. You know what I mean? Right, like, right. I would say it, I could allow for that, but I don't. I don't really feel like Colin has the agency that a director stand-in would normally. No, have, no, so. I don't. I don't think. So. I'm just saying yeah. that he's probably the closest with, thing to. With rare exceptions, and with rare exceptions, and we have seen them recently. Uh, normally, the author, the author stand-in does not get murdered. Yeah, I mean, you, normally the author so. stand-in is a sort of Mary Sue thing going on. But like, <laughs> right, right, my, right, my, right. My 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 point is that like he's the closest thing to a thing that like, and as, right. as the person we're probably supposed to sympathize most with in the movie, he's probably yeah. the thing that Roman Polanski identifies with most closely as right. as a person, right? Like, um. Uh, my point is, is that like Roman Polanski's not any of these things. He doesn't have any of these experiences, so he's just making a story up. And there's nothing wrong with writing stories, but then you the, then right. to go on TV and then talk about how well you're just trying to sh- this portray reality well, and the way things really behave. It's like based on the things you just made up. Yeah, a piece of fiction can be realistic. I am aware certainly. of that, but but usually but. I think most writers that I've ever read interviews with. When they really want their writing to be realistic, do a lot of this thing called research. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if they're not concerned with realism, has... then they don't bother, and that's fine. You right. don't. You, the the problem is to do one to say one and not do the other is the problem. Well, here I am. I'm. <laughs> I'm. <laughs> I'm Stephen King. I did a lot of research into killer clowns. And, like, I don't know, like, you know what I mean? It's like, it's okay. You don't have to make real, like, stories that are realistic. But you, it's weird to say your story is realistic with doing none of the work to back it up. And I just, I just wanted to show the reality of being a psychic, a psychic teenage witch. Yeah, exactly. 
but you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. It's it's yeah. The problem lies in that because and you see and like maybe this is a bit of like too much online culture, honestly. But like, you know, I follow enough people like writers on Twitter and stuff that where they, where every so often they'll find a piece of fiction where it becomes famous or well known, and then they are talking about like the fact that like the there's there's a famous I it's become a vague memory at this point, but there was a. A writing that had a whole bunch of really bad like Chinese culture analogs in it, and a mm-hmm. lot of like tw- like Twitter that writes in sort of that sphere were kind of haranguing it because the person did zero research and just threw it in there and just made a bunch of shit up and right, then pretended right, like right. it was realistic portrayal of like Chinese cul- yes. culture and then like, people were just like pissed. Understandably, it's like you know. It's I, I may just yeah. be too online at this point. It just gotten into my head, but like I don't know. It's weird to like go on TV and be like, "Yeah, I tried to show the reality of this," and it's like the reality of what? Yeah, the reality of him the, trying. The reality <laughs> of the way I view women is basically the answer to that yeah. question. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's got issues. Um, yeah. Uh, and again, I, I don't knife in the water. I thought was a legitimately bad movie. There was just nothing in it that I liked. I agree. That, and on that's top of it, true. on top of it, we had all that background material about Polanski's relationship with the female. Right. Lady. And we don't have nearly as um, much of that kind of stuff on this one. Right. Specifically. Right. We've got, we've got a little bit that, that one of the female leads. I find annoying about it more yeah, than anything. Right. 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 I think I think this is a good movie. I think there is uh, there is, and you know it's. I I, will I not never. Right, I never want to. Well, Chinatown is a good movie. All right, uh, I never want to. I. It is important. Not for me, I I mean this sincerely. It is important not to separate an artist from their art. But it's also important to recognize talent. Right? Yeah, no, yeah. Uh, and and I can't say this is bad because he's a bad person. No. Because sometimes bad people make good things. Saying this is bad because he's a bad person is the same as saying he's ugly because he's a bad person or he's a bad person because he's ugly. Um, you know. Right. No, and, and I know what you're saying. Uh, I would argue that that like specifically movies are also with, based on taste and this is in no way to my right, taste. Right. So if you can mind, this is right. not to my taste and this is, with a person I don't particularly taste. like, I have nothing right. to hold on to here. Knife in the water was not to either. Of right. Exactly. This, there is stuff in here that is to my taste and I recognize and it's good. Um, there's stuff in here that is also just bad. And I think it is bad because Polanski made it. Um, but, but we've just been an hour talking right, about yeah. that. Yeah, and, and I think so. a, a problem we run into is, and like I said, and I said this at the beginning, like I would have many of my complaints. I would have about, I have about other thrillers, written by other people. Right. I just don't. I don't. They just don't do anything for me. And it's right, not like right. it's not the horror movie thing because, like, I don't find these particularly scary or anything like that. I just find them unengaging like they don't they they don't press any buttons for me it's like oh no like this was like just entirely an unpleasant experience like i can see some of the art in it i thought some of the scenes were really well like well crafted yeah. i thought there was a lot of really good like artistic filmmaking going on 
at times. Again, sometimes when it's not being the kind of movie it is and we're following her around the city and we're like just inhabiting the world with her and we can see how scary it is. Like, yeah, that's great. I'm all on board for that. But that's not what that's not the thriller part of the movie. Right. That's the other part yeah. of the movie that like contextualizes the thriller right. part of the movie. Right, right. And that's what Clean Shaven was so so good exactly, about yeah. of of getting us into the head of the loneliness of living with a condition. Right. Right. Uh even without the narrator just telling us this is how it is. Uh it showed us how it was. And we get right? we do get a little bit of that here. When right, when Carol's right, wandering right. around the city after her sister is gone, it is a legitimately scary feeling experience. Yes. And it's not scary because we're, we're worried about what she will do. It is scary because right. we can, for just a minute, whether or not this is intentional or not, for a minute we get to live right, with her right. and be like, oh, this is a very scary world. Yeah, Polanski, just looking at Polanski being a perfectionist, and we see a little bit of it in, in the behind-the-scenes thing. He makes her redo the the entrance to talk about throwing away Michael's toothbrush over and over again a couple of times in, in there. But apparently they went like $30,000 over budget, right. yeah. which was, which was half its budget. Uh, right. Yeah. 30, I mean, it, 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 it's, it's, yeah. Not, it's not much to talk about. Like when we think about budgets right. in general, like because right. of how big they can get in like the, some of the movies we watch, but like yeah. it's, Oh, you're going to do one and a half. What you originally planned is still like a lot. Right, 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 right. Uh, talking about redoing a shot of uh, of Danube's hands twenty seven times. It's a um, lot of. I mean, that's a lot of fucking film to just like throw down right. the toilet. Like, film's expensive shit. Yeah, yeah. What is what is she doing? What what was wrong with the shots? I wonder. Um, maybe uh, you know. Uh, maybe that's why there's no third murder. It's they because they ran out of film. <laughs> They ran out of money. That was, that's so funny. If that's the, that, that is a very funny thing if that's true. Like, oh, no, um, you're way over budget. You just got to wrap this shit up. Like, which would explain a lot about the final scene because the artistry, like, weirdly enough, the artistry of, like, the last 10 minutes of the film doesn't, partially because it's meant to be shot at night, and I'm sure they actually, it seems like they actually tried to do it at night or at least, like, with relatively low well, light. It's a very it, the the quality feels a little bit of a, like it takes a downturn like the last five minutes last I don't know it doesn't feel as but it is as well. it is also where we are officially out of her head this is also true this is also true yeah yeah so that's part of that that realism I guess yeah. maybe too it's just that I, it doesn't. yeah it's just it has a certain you you get this like the rest of it has a certain quality and then it, and it, there's a change there and I guess that that there's definitely yeah. an argument that that is like oh. Now I'm shooting with like the contrast way cranked up and a bunch of other right, stuff like right, that, right. Um, which is fine. Yeah, it, it just it does feel different. Uh, yeah, the, right. that was the thing I was going to bring up with is it's also worth. I cannot say any of these people's names because I just I can't. I'm so bad at reading. Like, is it? How do you say Catherine's last name? Did Deneuve? Deneuve. Deneuve. I would say. Yeah. So like, yeah. Catherine Deneuve is a new actress. Yeah, she's like essentially an unknown when this starts. Whereas Yvonne uh for now, for now, for now, for now, for new. Your guess is as good as mine actually on is, that one. Um, um is more experienced 
and I kind of wonder if we were getting into that that kind of director thing where like oh the the actress who the actor or actress that like doesn't have any uh, as many preconceived notions and is the one that like gets along with the somewhat overbearing director like, the overbearing director better than the one who like kind of already knows what what's going on you know what I mean like we've seen this before is what I'm saying this sort of like that relationship right. where it's like oh I don't if you've already kind of you know what I mean like like Fennell has movies before this movie right like not just like one but like movies not like a million like a, but a, a decade and a half of a career right exactly this movie whereas right. and not very much of one afterwards which is yeah interesting as well um, but but like the new is like just starting. This is this is. Yeah, I mean she's she has been in a lot of French stuff prior. to This right, you know, but I mean she's described so, in multiple but... places that I read as a as a kind of un like an unknown actress. So I don't know why. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you're right. There's like the filmography has quite a few things for her, but I'm wondering if those are like small parts or something. I I wonder what yeah. makes her unknown quote-unquote you know what i mean who knows but like we'd have to go watch her back catalog to figure that out but like well she's in umbrellas of Sherberg. <laughs> i don't the year before this uh which you know if nothing else would have put her on the map she's in a roger vadi movie uh in 63 yeah so i don't know i don't know what i uh, want now yeah, that I don't makes know me why. even more curious about why some of the descriptions <laughs> describe her that way because you're right, right, she's the lead actress in a bunch of movies. What is right. what is Wikipedia fucking doing? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's weird. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what to. So make that, of that that throws my entire idea out the window. Never mind. I didn't bother yeah. to go read. I was like, well, I'll just take at face value this bit of information that is entirely inaccurate. Yeah, it's not. It's not accurate yeah, at do all. Know, she's in so much. Know, yeah. Who at the time was a 21 year old unknown actress was cast as the lead role of Carol. Is like the only quote under casting for the entire movie. Yeah. And is I, apparently I, entirely inaccurate. I cannot Polanski, understand. A biography, New York. Yeah. I can't understand how she would be described as, as unknown, even if when she yeah, had sorry. been cast somehow. I guess it's possible when she had been cast, Umbrellas of Cherbourg hadn't come out yet. Like, uh, I, maybe, maybe it just wasn't as popular. Yeah, maybe, maybe that out. was not like maybe it's one of those those cases where it, like it gained notoriety later, where it wasn't. I don't know. All I'm saying is, is that like, oh man, boy, this biography. You should not. You should in no way click. <laughs> uh, you should in no way to go to Amazon and look at the cover of this biography. Okay. <laughs> Not, I'm not going to. I'm I mean, not going you should to. in your free time because it's upsetting. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, Polanski's shirtless in it, so that gives you a lot of information. <laughs> I think uh, that, that gives you a lot of thoughts on that. My point is, is like it's the only. It's literally the only source for that. It's one of the few. In fact, they cite this a lot in yeah. this Wikipedia article, this biography, which is apparently just incorrect i don't know man i so i took it at face value because i was like oh well like why would you write that if it's completely wrong and cite it right apparently the book is also just wrong well it is a biography on polanski so yeah 
Well, so I mean, either way, so that that, that <sighs> theory goes out the window. I just we've seen that with directors before, so that's kind of where I was mentally right, going. Right, it's right, like, right, oh, right. they get along better with the person who doesn't have a bunch of like with people who don't have experience. Yeah, yeah. And she doesn't have obviously, uh, obviously she doesn't have as much experience as the other right, actress, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, but but it's not like but she's yeah. never acted in a movie before. Like yeah. I don't know, the internet's weird. Yeah, I think I really have nothing else to say about this movie, honestly. So we have been talking about Repulsion from 1965, directed by Roman Polanski. Next week, we'll be talking about a a movie with a name I'm going to butcher because it's got so many words I can mispronounce. <laughs> I don't know what this is. Jean Dillman, 23, Quai du Commerce, 1080 Brussels, uh, directed by Chantel Ackerman. Uh, it's so many words. It is. It is commonly referred to simply as Jean Dillman, uh, but from... 1975. Uh, look forward to that. Uh, look forward us to trying to, to say that it isn't like over and yes. over again. We're gonna we're gonna limit ourselves how many times we say it next time. Uh, but I I will have to say it at least once to introduce the movie. I'm sure. Uh, anyway, thank you so much for listening, to Lost and Criterion. I'm as always the Adam Glass. With me as always, John Patrick Oitari Dorgan. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. You can find me on Twitter at DMGlass. My partner is John Patrick Oitari Dorgan, and you can find him at J Patrick Dorgan. Check out more of the show at lostincriterion.com or hey, give us a review on iTunes. It's nice. If you really like what you hear, consider supporting us at patreon.com slash lostincriterion. Hey, our theme music is by Jonathan Hape. Check him out at jonathanhape.com. And thanks for listening. We appreciate it.